0: Come be a part of the Tea Party with your host, Dr. Ed Holliday. Hear the voices of liberty speaking all across America. Doc Holliday provides thought-provoking interviews and commentary about the issues and actions that are afflicting this country and what we need to do to get America back on track. Get fired up. Get inspired. Get on board Doc Holiday's Tea Party right now. It's only a click away. Patriots, well-wishers, and even my liberal friends who come like Nicodemus by night. Welcome back to Doc Holiday's Tea Party. I am your host, Ed Holiday. You're listening to us on WebTalkRadio.net. That's WebTalkRadio.net. Here we are at the very end of March, and wow, March came in like a lamb and it's caught out like a lion. And there's been a lot of things packed in between, worldwide, nationwide, localized. Tea Party movement has got a lot to talk about. You're listening to Doc Holiday's Tea Party. I'm your host to tell you some things you won't hear anywhere else. And I'm so glad to be here with you. And I'm going to tell you some of the things we're going to cover. Japan, Libya. I'm going to talk about three degrees of hypomediatis. And don't worry, I'm going to tell, tell you what hypomediatis is and what hypermediatis is. It's something you need to know about. It's a, new, it's a disease of the mainstream media. So we'll get to that. And then also on this show, we're going to keep our coverage on the potential presidential nominees of the Republican Party. Today, we're talking about Michelle Bachman. That's Congressman Michelle, Congresswoman Michelle Bachman of Minnesota. You don't want to miss what we have to say about her and her potential candidacy for the president. And in our Rock of Liberty speech, you know it's always a little different. Always another spin. Always a different kind of speech. Our talk, our story, and no different. I'm going to tell you what we're going to, we're going to talk about. How do we increase tax revenue without increasing taxes, so that we can reduce the debt and even start paying down our national debt? We can reduce the deficit and pay down the national debt. And I will tell you, Barack Obama has showed us the way, and it's going through something that even Abraham Lincoln inspired people to do. So don't miss the Rock of Liberty speech coming up at the end. Now, let's get right into the news. Japan, what a disaster. And I say that in a way that is very humbling, knowing that our allies and friends in Japan have undergone a devastating earthquake, followed by the more even more devastating tsunami, followed by a nuclear fallout and And potential meltdown and radiation was released. It's looking now like uh, any kind of extreme catastrophe is going to be escaped. Thank goodness for that. Let's keep hoping and praying that the Japanese people will uh, regroup and we can send them aid. They'll need help. And they got the, the workaholics that will help put this nation back on good, solid economic footing. We did talk about last week how Japan should be a wake up call to our Congress. We may have disasters like this in the future. Uh, Somewhere down the road, something will happen. We need our financial house in order so that we're not caught in a situation where we cannot use borrow money to take care of a a devastating situation. So, those are the things in Japan that we learn as Tea Party. Uh, people and Tea Party movement that it is imperative that we get the message across to Congress that these uh, that these continuing resolutions don't get the job done. Absolutely not. They do not get the job done. We'll be talking about Michelle Bachman in just a few minutes, and you want to listen to that, but she is one congressperson who is not afraid to stand up and say the continuing resolutions are if almost a sham. They, they are cutting but it's not what people were sent to Congress to do. And I know the House leadership is in a tough situation, that, they have the, uh, that the President has the veto power and the Senate Democrats have to pass uh, their side of the aisle, but I'm telling you, or their side of the uh, Congress over there, and I'm telling you that what is going on with these continuing resolutions cannot continue. We have got to get some people with some guts to stand up and say enough is enough. It's time to start cutting. <clears throat> now, uh, as we're talking about Japan, I do want to add that this is a situation that it can be after the disaster of this effect, if we have wise diplomats, wise people in the leadership of our country and Japan's country, this can be a good situation for economic rebuilding that will help America and will help Japan, but we need wise leadership. Do we have it? We shall see. We shall see. Now, we got to get into Libya. There's so much going on. It is a fluid situation. We're recording this, and as we're recording it, Libya is under a no-fly zone. Now, there's a lot of you in the conservative circles that would love to see Gaddafi uh, removed from power, and inc- that includes me. Now, should we go to war to remove him from power? Or how should that be done? Boy, boy, that those are some tough decisions. But as a Tea Party uh, patriot, as a Tea Party person, number one, how is this going to be paid for? Or Are our allies of the Arab League who ask us to do a no-fly zone, are they going to help pay for this? Are they going to help send soldiers? Are they going to help send Uh, more than a plane or two to help out? Those are questions we need to ask. And I know that the United States has not taken a leadership role. And is that good for future? Is it good for our allies to witness that? Is it good for our enemies to witness that we will not take a leadership role? Are we just one of the many? Uh, Of course not. Not when we launched, you know, 110, 120 cruise missiles in to knock out the uh, the radar and air defense mechanisms of Libya. So there's a lot of questions that are being raised as President Obama charges into our third war. We've got a war in Afghanistan, a war in Iraq that is winding down, and now we are committed to some form of war in Libya. Now, what's upsetting to me is the fact that to President Obama, he went to the U.N., the United Nations, and, and talked with diplomats and negotiated and got things done. What did he do with the leadership of Congress? How many negotiations, how many how many minutes did he spend negotiating or telling the leadership in Congress or asking for opinions and consultations? How much time did he do? As the way I hear it, he spent no time, no time uh consulting the leadership of Congress before his administration set forth the the no-fly zone in Libya and committed America to be a part of that. Now, American presidents have power as commander-in-chief, and I think they have to have some power. They can't ask Congress to prove everything that uh, needs to be done on a timely basis. Saying that, number one, there was a very timely basis two or three weeks ago, where the president could have done a no-fly zone and this thing would have been over with. But diddle-daddling around, and I'm not sure if it's too little or too late. And we shall see. But what we get into is a situation where there is a civil war now going on in Libya. And Qaddafi, uh, Colonel Qaddafi has pretty much said that there will be no mercy when, uh, when he takes over in and wins again. And that's one reason no-fly zone was instituted. But we got people in the Civil War, and they know if they don't win, they're going to die, they're going to be executed, then there can be some fierce, fierce fighting. Um, How's it going to come out? We don't know. But we do know this, that there's a term that I'm going to call hypomediatis. Now, what does that mean? Hypo. If you have something in H-Y-P-O, hypo, then you have too little. Uh, there's diseases. When you got hypo, you have too little of something. Now, hypomediatis is the fact that there's not much reporting done. Absolutely none by the mainstream media talking about does the does the president have the power to go without even cons- consulting Congress to operate a no-fly zone? If President Bush had been doing this, there would have been questions all over the place questioning the power of the President. The Congress would be uh, asking, where's a joint resolution? And I just want to ask President Obama, where is a joint resolution for a no-fly zone? Why is it important for the for military, uh, for the United States military, when it's already tied down in two wars, to uh, open up a third front? We need to know. The American citizens need to know. When did President Obama come before the American people and ask Congress for a joint resolution to help him out, to back him up? He's taking it all alone, and that can be very risky. But what I'm calling hypomediatis is the fact that we're in the news, or you have the liberal press hounding the president about where is your power, where are your constitutional powers. Now, saying that, I do want to say that there are some liberal Democrats, a handful of them, that will pat them on the back. You know, they're staying consistent. They are a handful saying, he should have consulted us. He should have consulted Congress. And they are asking, uh, Mr. President, what are you doing? Even to the, fe- to the effect in one of the conference calls, it was said that our uh, friend Congressman Kavinovich of uh Ohio, which we've talked about before on this show last fall and even a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we, we talked about him, and we had uh, Al uh, Talon on talking about his uh, patriot, patriot wear gear and, uh, and, and his website, and that's, that's his congressman there near Cleveland, Ohio, and it's a very liberal place. But thank goodness we got people like Al standing up for the conservative principles, the Tea Party is representing and but but I will give uh, Congressman Kavinovich the fact that the that he is consistent because he brought up uh, he did bring up impeachment of President Bush for what he did in Iraq about consulting without having a, a war declared by, by the houses of Congress but he did say he questioned the fact can we not impeach the president President Obama for not coming to the Congress and I think Ron Paul has stood up and said there's no, the president has no power to declare war. And so there are a handful, but more, more and more and the media has just turned it over and, and said it's done. And where where is the media? And that gets me back to uh, on Libya. A lot can be said. It is a fluid situation, and we'll keep you posted on how we look at it from the Tea Party point of view here on Doc Holiday's Tea Party. But I did tell you that I was going to tell you about uh, three degrees of hypomediatis, And one of them was what I said. Where is the media questioning the president and his power to declare a no fly zone without consultation with Congress, without the leaders, without any joint resolution? And the media is lowballing, not reporting. If there's any reporting, it's very little that would question the president's authority. And that's very unusual, very unusual. Now, another degree of hypomediatis that I see, and I've noticed, and I don't know if you have, I remember when gasoline was getting up close to $4 a gallon, went over $4 a gallon, when President Bush was president, my goodness, how many stories did we hear about President Bush allowing the gas prices just to wreak havoc on on the economy? And it was all President Bush's fault, because he was the president, it was his fault. And now, how many stories have you heard that President Obama is blamed for gasoline prices, going up to $4 and more? Where are the stories? You know, hypomediatis. It's another disease of the mainstream media. And I think uh, Rush Limbaugh calls them the lame stream media. Well, I tell you, they got a disease called hypomediatis because I think they're all in, still in love with President Obama. They give them softball questions and don't ask him the tough things. And now they let him get by uh, with uh, gas prices going up and, and it's like oh well, you know, President Obama can't do anything about it. But then why in a world where all those stories night after night talking about high gasoline when President Bush was in the presidency. Now, uh, I said there was three things and there is the third one I mentioned here last month. And it's where is our Congress when, when the president, uh, who is supposed to exe- execute the laws, he's supposed to enforce the laws as the Congress makes the laws. The legislative branch makes it, and there it was last month. The, the president unilaterally decided that a law was unconstitutional, the Defense of Marriage Act. And we talked about that and the fact that the media was not covering this. They did not cover the fact that the president refused to obey and to back up and enforce a law made by Congress. And that is, again, an example of hypomediatis. And some of these uh, news organizations that are about to go bankrupt will let them go. I'm telling you, they have lost all credibility. And now I'm going (laughs) to Boy, time just keeps moving on. we got to keep this show mo- moving. And in just a minute, we're going to get into the presidential, uh, the presidential series about who may be uh, coming up as a candidate for the Republican nomination. And in this show, today's show, we're going to be talking about Michelle Bachman. Now, Michelle Bachman is a congresswoman for Minnesota. But before we start that segment of the show, let me remind you, that you're listening to Doc Holiday's Tea Party. And I'm your host, Ed Holiday. You're listening to us on WebTalkRadio.net. That's WebTalkRadio.net. And we're glad to have you here. And not only that, I'm going to remind you you can go to my website at www.teaparty.ms. That's teaparty.ms. And there you can click on the banner to the Tea Party Review Magazine or right here on the Doc Holiday. Uh, page on webtalkradio.net. You can see the banner to the Tea Party Review magazine. Absolutely. The best new magazine out there. It's the best magazine anywhere about the Tea Party, and it explains to you what's going on so you'll know what's going on in California or Washington State or Florida or Mississippi or Minnesota. That's why everybody that's in the Tea Party movement needs to have this magazine coming to you if you got a library, order an extra subscription for the library. Help get the message out. The Tea Party Review Magazine is just what we need for the movement. It's their publication where we come together. We might not agree on everything. This is the place we can debate and we can talk and we can tackle the issues head on in a way that the Tea Party will be presented by by us and by the people, for the people, and it's of the people. And that's why everybody needs that Tea Party Review magazine. So go, uh, click on the banner and find out about it. Subscribe to it. And I'll be glad to uh, let you know that, yes, my article is in the inaugural issue, in the very first issue talking about what the Tea Party movement is doing in where I am from in the state of Mississippi. Now, without further ado, let us go to our series on Potential Presidential Candidates for the Republican nomination. We need a little background music, almost like uh, maybe uh, maybe some beauty pageant music. There you go. And it's not a beauty pageant. I don't mean that it's sexist with uh, Michelle Bachman coming up today. But I am telling you, we've got to look at each candidate, and the potential candidates, see what they have. And like I said, we're presenting this as if you are running. Now, if you were running against Michelle Bachman, what are her advantages? Well, as a Tea Party person... You listening to this show, you know there's not many Congress uh, people, men or women, wrapped up in the a Tea Party movement like Michelle Bachman. Now, she has said many things, and she got great conservative con- uh, credentials, and she's not afraid to say things that sometimes get her in trouble. But now these are the things that I do like about Michelle Bachman. She takes the Tea Party movement very seriously, She wraps herself in it. She is the one that started the the House Caucus of the uh, House Tea Party Caucus, and she does believe and stands strongly on conservative principles. Now she is uh, from Minnesota, which in many cases they have elected liberal uh, liberal senators, liberal governors, and and in her congressional district, the, the Democrats and the liberals would love to get her knocked out. So the reason she might run is the fact that she wants to get her ideas presented forward, the conservative ideas. She can articulate, and she can communicate. But she does have something that we're gonna call uh, is when she makes a mistake, like she did recently, when she was. For those that haven't heard, I can't believe anybody hadn't heard about it now because I. That's why I'm gonna give an example of. Uh, instead of hypomediatus, there's hypermediatus. Well, what am I talking about? That's when a news organization or they, they run like packs of dogs. Uh, they see somebody hurt somebody bleeding just like a pack of dogs. they see an animal or a deer or something that's been hurt or limping. then uh, those, uh, the dogs or coyotes go after it you know and just just uh, devour it and uh, kill, kill the poor thing and tear it into pieces. And I'm telling you, that's why we got a media to act like a pack of wolves sometime. And Michelle Bachman made a mistake uh, a couple of weeks ago when she was in New Hampshire. She stood before him and said, and this is where the sh- shot heard around the world was fired, in Lexington and Concord. And, of course, she was way off base. I mean, I don't know. She just had a, a, a middle age moment or what. But she, uh, she just let it slip, and she talked too much, and she said something that wasn't true, and then, uh, and of course, she came back and apologized and said, and of course, she knew it was in Massachusetts, but the damage had been done, and the media went to her like a pack of wolves, and they showed it over and over again, and they just really tried to make her look like a dunce. Why? Well, her the people that support Michelle Bachman know that she knows better than that, but the, what they do is... The media does it. They present any kind of conservative person that has some kind of political clout. They'll put them on TV to make them look like dunces. Anything to make them look uh, like they're truly are, are not fit for governing. They'll play it over and over again. Now, when when President Obama was new and he walked in the White House and they said going in the Oval Office, that I didn't know that, but said they had some thick glass doors that are just so clear they're see-through and he walked right into those thick glass doors and it really made him look foolish what people said but we nobody ever saw that the media would not play that they would not dare play it and yet if it was conservative that had done that or President Bush or Gerald Ford or or somebody on the Republican side it gets played over and over again and, and just to make a conservative look like a klutz. And that's what's happened. And that's what we, if, uh, Michelle Bachman and her mistake, and she apologized, but we hear over and over again hypermediatus. That means too much media on one subject. And that's what is, uh, if you're running against Michelle Bachman, she will make mistakes like she did. And we've talked about other Republican potential nominees or. Running and and they seem to have a foot in the mouth disease that shows that maybe they're not ready for the presidency. But uh, but you know uh, it was President Obama when he was running as a candidate talked about the 57 different states, and I don't think we heard it over and over and over again. And and uh, I think it's George Stephanopoulos that uh, uh, one time he was talking in, in an interview and. And he mentioned his Muslim faith, and Stephanopoulos meant you mean you're Christian. He said, oh, yeah, something to that effect. And so uh, we don't see that. We don't see that over and over, all the mistakes, when it's uh, somebody from the liberal side. The mainstream media does have hypermediatus, when they want to have it. It's a disease of their choice of when they want to use it. And Michelle Bachman uh pay the price on that and if that'll keep her from the presidency it shouldn't one thing but she has to you know she set herself up so that uh a few more of those and she couldn't couldn't make a couldn't make a run now does she need to run does she want to run there are some people out there and i don't mind mentioning this on the show there's some people out there that think that michelle bachman is just uh, trying to get national recognition and name uh, recognition so that she can uh, run for the Senate when it comes up uh, in a couple years or two or three years. When uh, when I believe it would be Al Franken running again. She's trying to get her a national base set up so that yes, she can uh, help raise money from around the country and put together a big campaign to get into the Senate. So that's a possibility. Then there's others who think that you know, she she might uh, show have a good showing and possibly be uh, selected for a you know a vice president. Spot. So there's a lot of things that are probably pushing Mich- Michelle Bachman to try to get into the race. And one of the things that we have to recognize is uh, if she gets in, is does she really want to run to win or is she running to get name recognition? And I hope she wouldn't do that. If she's going to get in, I'd like to see her go all out and get everything she got. So that's uh, this week's take on the potential presidential. Uh, nominees and and we'll just have to see who. It's getting very close to time where people will start jumping in this race and making official declarations. But now let's uh, uh, get ready for the Rock of Liberty speech. And as I said this week, it's going to be a little bit different because uh, we're going to talk about how do we increase tax revenues without increasing taxes. And President Obama has one has opened a door that nobody else could open, that I'll tell you about. And so don't don't anybody go away from this show saying uh, Doc Holliday always has bad things to say about President Obama. i got something very good that we're going to bring up in just a moment in a Rock of Liberty speech. So keep listening. You don't want to miss this. Now, before I do that, let me remind you that, yes, I do have a book out called Walk With Me, A Patriot's Guide from the Boston Tea Party to Today's Tea Party Revolution. And you can have that book. Not only can you have it, you can buy one for your friends. You can get one for yourself, for your friends, your family. Get them for your liberal friends. Get them from people who don't understand the Tea Party. But it's called Walk With Me, A Patriot's Guide from the Boston Tea Party to Today's Tea Party Revolution. That's what we're talking about here. And you can go to my website, www.teaparty.com dot ms check out and order that book and you'll be glad you did get one for your friends and i'm glad to say that that's one thing that helps keep us on the air that and ordering the tea party review magazine so help us out and now let me tell you about the rock of liberty speech here at the end of march and it goes like this how do we increase tax revenues without increasing taxes How do we do it? How can we reduce the debt and turn our nation around and start paying off our national debt? Well, it's very simple. It's simple. To increase our tax revenue, Ronald Reagan showed us this. Many governors have shown us this. But to increase the tax revenue, we need to decrease taxes. And we need to increase the number of taxpayers who are paying taxes. There's a lot of taxpayers out there who do not pay income tax. In fact, it's almost half the population. So how do we do that? Well, President Barack Obama has opened up a door that nobody has seen, but you're going to hear about it here on Doc Holliday's Tea Party. There is a potential that we can turn around many people, especially minorities in this country, who are not in the high income level, you look at the education level, and you, you can blame the schools, you can blame everything else, but there's something that happened back in the 1800s that inspired a whole generation of uh, immigrants, inspired a whole generation of, of poor folks, of people who, uh, who had a whole world stacked against them, living in the United States. And what happened back in the 1800s? There was a young... Boy, in 1809, and he was born dirt poor in a log cabin. Yes, that's right, Abraham Lincoln. Born in a log cabin, uh, just uh, split logs, stacked up mud in between on a mud dirt floor, and that's where he's born, raised in a boyhood home much like that, never had a whole lot of formal schooling, never had much money. Mother died at a young age, but his mother read to him from the Bible. And, and there at the birthplace, if you go through Kentucky, uh, it's right off uh, Interstate 65, I believe, not too f- far into Kentucky. But you can go by the uh, National Historic Site, the birthplace of Abraham Lincoln. And there in the little museum, they have a family Bible of Abraham Lincoln, who wrote in this family Bible. And there he he's told stories about when his mother would sit there and read to him from the Bible. And she died at a, when he was about five or six, died when he's very young. Then he had a stepmother later on. But I'm telling you that President, President Abraham Lincoln, who came to our uh, politics, a failure in many ways, failed in many different things. He won Congress once. <clears throat> Got elected, got uh, uh, was unelected, he got put out, got defeated, and then he ran for Senate twice, got defeated, ran for, but then he, he won the presidency of the United States in 1860. And through his perseverance, his skill, his wisdom, he held our nation together when it was trying by many forces to be divided apart. And because of that, he's recognized as one of the greatest presidents America has ever had. But what really inspired folks as President Abraham Lincoln rose to greatness. People remembered he was born dirt poor in an old dirty log cabin, and he was a self-made man. and that inspired people in school children and immigrants. And those who didn't know the language, who came to America wanting to live the American dream because they looked at Abraham Lincoln and said he could be president of the United States. And that gave them inspiration to work harder, to try harder. And they helped improve America. And they came, the immigrants came, the poor, those who said, if Abraham Lincoln can read at night by the candlelight, then I can too. And they studied hard, and they worked hard. They went to school, and they sent their children to school. And our nation grew stronger and better and smarter and more innovative. And where does that lead us in 2011? Well, people are starting to wake up to the fact that President Barack Obama has opened up or uh, taken the lid off what many people thought was the American dream for many minorities, African Americans, Hispanics. And those immigrants from other countries who came here legally, with American dream, many were stifled. But they can look at the election of President Barack Obama. And for the first time in many places, a minority child can roll out of bed and thinking, I can be president of the United States. That is good. That is good for America. Because we need young children inspired to know that if they work hard, if they read, if they want to get into the library and read more books and outread anybody in their class, and if they can develop a skill level to know that I can be a part of the American dream, that is what we need. And when that happens, how do we increase tax revenue? By our nation getting better educated. By going to school, if it's on the Internet, if it's on YouTube, or however we learn, we can learn in a different way with new skill levels, and we can have people inspired to say, I can make my own business. I can put together a business, and I will hire people, and our business will grow, and we're going to think about how to be innovative. That's what we need, inspiration in a segment of America that we're now uh, 48% of our population almost 48% do not pay any income tax because they don't make enough money to pay the income tax. I don't say raise taxes on them. I'm saying get these people inspired to be willing to work out and work hard to dream the American dream and to live the American dream so their income levels will go up, the tax revenue will go up, and we'll be able to pay down the deficit, pay down the debt, and we get the Tea Party movement going, if we can knock down the spending and we can get people inspired to live the American dream, and that's what the Tea Party movement is. It's time to reach out to the minorities. It's time to reach out and talk into the the communities that feel that they've been underserved. Well, it's time to say Abraham Lincoln did it. President Barack Obama has done it. It's time to open up books and read. It's time to read and read and go to school and do your homework and ask your teacher, what else can I do to make a better grade? How can I, how can I lead others? Where can we have schools where there is, a, there is a fierce competition to help each other to learn in a learning environment instead of laughing at people who succeed and do their best? There's a part of America that has been not only asleep, it's been drug-induced coma by the liberal policies that have been fabricated since LBJ on, saying if we just pour more money, we'll get more out of it. we pour more money, what we do? We get more people taking drugs, we get more crime, we get more, more of the things we don't need. That can turn around. There is inspiration. We have seen it. Congressman Tim Scott being elected Congressman Allen West elected black conservative men standing strong on conservative principles. It's happening. It's happening in communities that nobody's even witnessing, knowing what's going on. But black Republicans are standing up strong and powerful. They're growing. Get behind them. That the Tea Party movement helped give them a platform to speak out and inspire the young people, white, black, red, and yellow, all over the country. That's what Barack Obama has brought to America. It's time the Tea Party movement builds on that. We go into the minority communities and say, this Tea Party movement is your ticket to the American dream. Get on board. We're going places, and we're going to be there, and we're going to build a great America because we are going to work together, and we're going to get people's income levels up by their own self-made principles of inspiration wanting to study, wanting to be the best, and working harder. It's going to catch on, and it's going to drive more competition for better products and a better America. That's the future if the Tea Party movement can engage the communities who have felt left out. Wow, rock of liberty. Now, next week's show, we are going to get into the fair tax issue. I told you we'd be having that. And next week, we'll be coming up with Jim Bennett. He's the state co-director in the state of New Jersey of the Fair Tax. So we're going to talk to Jim next week. So don't miss, miss next week's show. And I'm just telling you that uh, we're glad to have you here. Don't you miss a single show. You can go on to the archive sections, check out the later, uh, the shows we've had before. But don't miss miss next week as we talk to Jim Bennett about the Fair Tax. And, again, we'll be talking about the presidential uh, potential presidential nominees. So listen next week. Can't wait. We'll be starting April. Thanks for joining us today, and remember to listen again next week for another edition of Doc Holliday's Tea Party. You can order Ed's book, Walk With Me, A Patriot's Guide from the Boston Tea Party to Today's Tea Party Revolution by clicking on the book cover right in front of you on the screen. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.